0: Welcome to The Carecast. Well, Jago, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for coming on at The Carecast. And I wonder if you could just start by introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about your Christian story and what you're currently doing.
1: Of course, James. Thank you. So first of all, thank you for inviting me. It's a real pleasure and privilege uh, to be there. Uh, Yeah, my name's Jago. I am uh, married to Susanna. We've got four children who range in age from 14 to four. Uh, So uh, it certainly kept us busy during lockdown just in terms of uh, homeschooling and a whole variety of four children who all go to four different schools, as well as uh, trying to run a church. I'm the rector of Holy Trinity Clapham. Um, So a church in Clapham, uh, sort of uh, medium to large-ish size, about 600 people, um, in the church family before uh, lockdown took place. Uh, in terms of my uh, sort of history, in terms of coming, coming to faith and things like that, I, I, as a teenager, I thought God was a killjoy. Um, I thought he might exist, might not, I wasn't quite sure, but I thought the most safe thing to do was to keep us, him at arm's length as far, far away from possible and just try and have fun. And then age 17, a one of my best mates got in touch with me and asked me to go on a Christian conference for people in their sixth form at school. And I thought it sounded incredibly boring. I couldn't think of a sort of more boring thing to do. But he was one of my best friends, and I I couldn't think of an excuse not to go. And I didn't want to offend him. Uh, So I found myself going on this uh, conference not really knowing what to expect. And to cut a long story short, in essence, I was blown away by the evidence for Christianity on those three days. It was a bit like a sort of alpha course or a Christianity Explored course squashed into three days. Mm -hmm. And there were talks and there were discussion times. And as I heard the evidence for Jesus, for who he is, Proof of the resurrection, uh, why he died on the cross—all those kind of things—I was like, "This, this is true." I, I cannot get away from the fact that Jesus is who he claims to be, and I still thought God was a killjoy at that point, actually. And um, so it was—it was quite a, a not not quite C.S. Lewis like, but it was—it was, it was a, you know it was a reluctant conversion. Um, but I thought this is true. God is who he claims to be, and so I prayed a prayer at age seventeen, then uh, asking Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm now 43, so that's 26 years later, um, and there's a lot that's happened in that time. But if there's a, the one thing above all I think that I've learned over those 26 years is that God is not a killjoy, uh, that he is my Heavenly Father who loves me, who cares for me, who wants the best for me. And am I right in thinking in 2014, you had a book
0: published uh, which looks at Paul's letter to the Romans? Um, just remind uh, me of the title.
1: Uh, you may you may well be right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the year. You know the year better than me. So I've written a couple of books. Um, the second one you're mentioning is called 100% Christianity. Um, and that is uh, looking, going through Paul's letter to the Romans and and really looking at the sort of broadly, how does the gospel impact all of life? Uh, how does it impact all of our mind, all of our heart, all of our actions, all that's going on in life? That it's not just, a you know, this thing that we do when we go to church. So that's sort of the main theme of that. And I've also done another book before then. Again, I don't can't remember the year. You may maybe 2009, <laughs> possibly, uh, called Working Without Wilting. And that's particularly focused on how to, uh, for, a, for a Christian, particularly starting out in the workplace, how does one go through working life uh, without wilting in one's faith? Uh, that was, for me, that was one of my big, it still is, but it, particularly as I became a Christian and I went through university and then went to, to, into work, I had a real passion. How do um, we help and encourage people To um, be full on for Jesus as in their workplaces, not just I'm a Christian on Sundays and I compromise in all sorts of ways during the week. And I guess
0: that's a very similar challenge that you're now dealing with um, in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. How do do we as Christians, how do we as the church continue to shine for Jesus and be a witness for Jesus when we are suddenly unable to leave our houses as often as we would like and can't even meet as a church? So I wondered if you could just take a few moments and explain a little bit about what the last 10 weeks have been like for Holy Trinity Clapham.
1: Yeah, big question. Um, What has it been like? I think, I mean, the the first, there's lots I could say. The first thing I think I'd say is it it felt like crisis management to begin with. Suddenly it was lockdown and yes, people knew it was coming, but suddenly very quickly it was how does one steer Mm. a church that has been meeting in all sorts of different ways into a purely online presence and that felt quite you know that 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 felt a challenge and certainly for the staff team at htc we were it felt slightly all hands on deck crisis management trying to work out god lord give me wisdom what should we do and what should we not do Um, i think for for myself what one thing i was very helped with quite early on was there was a a friend of mine who said church in online times is about three three things Um, content um, uh, con- uh, content uh, com- uh, connection mm. um, and contribution mm. and actually in some ways the content bit is the easy bit right we're putting this bit online but actually what needing to work out how do we do connection how do people actually still have that sense of church family sense of brothers and sisters in christ meeting with one another how do you do that connection piece And then also contribution. How does what how does each member, you know, if we believe in an every member ministry of of each people using their gifts in the life of the church, how does actually each person contribute their gifts when everything is just happening on a screen? So those were the kind of things that I was trying to have having to wrestle with and we were having to wrestle with as a church. Um, In essence, what did we do? Uh, We we as quickly as possible went to an an online church um, in terms of Sunday services. Mm-hmm. and producing sunday service and i think we sort of worked out how how we do that over the weeks but a we knew it was a it was a time of difficulty a time of uh, worry and anxiety for many people um and so we wanted to pray lots so we we one of the key things i felt was really important was i was like we need to be praying lots let's uh, what's the best way to do that so we 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 set up a hcc daily we called it a daily prayer meeting Uh, Monday to Friday, every morning, 8.30 for 20 minutes, a short Bible thought and 15 minutes of of praying on Zoom. And pretty much straight away, we had over 100 people um, or over 100 screens, so probably 150 people at the start Mm. um, praying each day. And, you know, if someone had said to me at the start of the year, you will have 150 of your church meeting for a daily prayer meeting and praying with passion to the Lord. I would have gone, revival's broken out. And actually, <laughs> it, it was a, a, a crisis, the crisis that we are currently in, um, that caused that to happen. So in many ways, there's been lots of encouragements from it. Um, so so the sort of main pa- pattern of what we did was, was da- a daily prayer meeting, Sunday service online and then we we're we're a church that's very much based on connect groups we've got about 35 40 connect groups that people are in that meet that used to meet physically midweek and so we were very much encouraged that to still happen but virtually and people to meet on zoom in their connect groups and and produced a bit of teaching Wednesday evening to go out for the connect groups for them then to, to chat and pray and have that connection time but I think one other thing that I quickly realized was that that it is a time of challenge for our everyone's mental health, mental well-being, whatever word you want to use. And so we actually started just – and that, this was part of the way of people contributing was just going, actually, let's have – we'd call it HTC being but just various different people giving various different sort of skills that they have to do all sorts of things that may be more fun, not overtly this is Christian teaching, as it were, but just to to help people. And we've had some exercise classes, some cookery classes, um, a, a pub quiz each Saturday night and stuff like that, just to actually – to be providing help for people. We've had a, one thing that's been quite popular with the parents, we've had a pandemic parenting session on Zoom and each week just parents meeting and different people just sharing different tips about parenting, particularly in these uh, pandemic times, as it were. So uh, those those kind of things. We haven't done it perfectly. There's plenty of things we got wrong. Um, I haven't said everything, but hopefully that gives you a taster. Looking for more ways to engage with care? Find us on Facebook for updates, news articles and our live stream.
0: It's such a huge thing for a church that has multiple ministries going on during the week, a hive of activity to then suddenly mm-hmm. find that, that you're having to f- ask those questions of how do, you, how do you do that in a completely different way. Uh, that is a huge logistical challenge. And when you've got yeah. 600 plus people who you're also trying to kind of look after and help and all mm-hmm. of them maybe with different needs and requirements like that is yeah. how important has uh, teamwork been throughout this,
1: this kind of, yeah, of change? Yeah, we we um, quite a lot of the staff team. So we have a staff of uh, about twenty um, people, including interns and things like that. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a fair few. Um, uh, the, the staff team have been fantastic, but it's meant quite a lot of flexibility and adaptability amongst the staff team in terms of their roles. Because suddenly, some people's roles. Their, their job title would increase. Some people it doesn't really exist anymore, as it were. So so that sense of people being adaptable on the staff team in terms of what people are doing, people learning how to edit videos because suddenly you need to do that a lot more than we ever had to before, and all, all that kind of thing. We've had three people that most of their time we've we've sort of set up a we set up a pop up food bank, so trying to reach out practically to those in need um, who've basically been focused on that. We call it our HDC on call ministry, and um, and and actually you know, so, so suddenly we've been things that we were actually wanting to do, but hadn't done yet. In a sense, this has been the catalyst for, for doing that, but we've had people being, being quite flexible in terms of their, their staff roles uh, mm. to, to, to meet the needs in the situation that, that we're in. Um, uh, so yes, there's been that sense of teamwork. And then I think as well there's the the, the teamwork, obviously just wider with the whole, the whole church family as a team um, and different people just giving and contributing in, in, in different ways. But I, I think it's been one of the challenges too, because I've certainly found it, I, it's exposed my my um, many weaknesses as a leader uh, in terms of how do you manage a team of people um, mm. when you're not seeing them and sort of not, I felt at times like, how do I avoid, you know, sort of, you know, Bond movies where there's, you know, the the, the bad, you know, the the baddie stroking his cat and in his in his chair from his lair and, get, and just barking out instructions and I thought how how am I not like that just sitting in my screen barking out instructions to the to the staff team so it, it's, it's 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 tested me and challenged me in all sorts of ways. You've just described my management style uh, from my own, no, my good, own good, good. care. Yeah, they, they've they've been
0: wondering the same question. I I don't think I've been as successful as as you've clearly been. <laughs> but, um, I I wonder if if we could just uh, look at this whole question of online church and one of the phenomena that people have reported over the last 10 weeks is people are encountering Jesus for the first time and a surge of increase on Google in terms of searching for prayer, uh, a surge of increase in people searching for the name Jesus and more people viewing online services than was happening 10, 11, 12 weeks ago. Um, Has that been your experience at HTC as well? And are you excited by where you think that could lead?
1: Um, it, uh, yes and no is the short answer. Um, the, yes, it has been our experience to a degree. Uh, so certainly um, there have been more, plenty of people engaged who weren't engaged before in the life of the church. Um, I think th- those are the big headline facts. If one actually looks at what has happened since Easter time particularly, I think most churches have probably seen a drop-off, as have we, in terms of number of people. So there is you know, the whole Zoom fatigue. I think that is the case. Um, for a lot of churches so, so that the the online attendance is not as much as it was, uh but there 's still been plenty of encouragements you know there was a, in fact you you know you mentioned my one particularly encouraging story you mentioned i mean well, let me give two actually um uh, you mentioned my book um there was a some person in our church family who was reading the hundred percent Christianity book and he would leave it on his um table at work at his desk at work after he went home each evening This is before coronavirus and um it turned out that uh, another colleague, after he'd gone, would take the book and start reading it uh, secretly. <laughs> uh, and, um, and then, and so she was starting reading. This colleague of his was starting reading um, this, the book. And then, when when lockdown happened, she was uh, basically decided. Actually, I wanted to do Alpha, and probably about a month and a half ago now, she became a Christian. So that that was just amazing. you know just so encouraging to hear hear someone becoming a Christian uh, through Alpha online um and and there, there you know there's another person I, I i can think of in our church family who had various health issues she met someone um in, in this health um program that she was doing and uh had started to share about jesus with this person and had sort of done an informal alpha course with them and then she'd sent them links to our online service uh not expecting this person to to um you know go and listen but it turns out she did but she also started joining our daily prayer meeting, this person, she also started joining our, our online Alpha course and uh, is going through the Alpha course at the moment on it. So there's there's real encouragements in terms of individuals, um, but there are also challenges as well. And I think, I, I feel like the biggest challenge actually for us and the size of church we are is you, it's difficult to... to to know exactly what is going on with everyone. And particularly if one thinks about the sort of the more the periphery of the church, I think it's sent people in one of two directions. For some who have been on the sort of the edge of the periphery of the church, maybe fairly new to the church, mm. it has got them more involved and, the, and you've seen them suddenly being involved in all these different things. You've seen them on the Zoom prayer meeting, whatever it may be. And, and that's been really exciting to see them grow. But there's other people you haven't seen at all. And you're like, mm. I've no idea what's happening. I don't know where, I don't know where they are. Mm. And I saw a recent um, report that you know isn't so encouraging. Into uh, there was a national survey. I can't actually remember who did it, but it, it was something along the lines of um, there was a big. I think it was about two thousand people that was were, were surveyed of church, uh, Christians, churchgoers, and the question was how many, what percentage of them had listened to an online service in the last month? And I think it was only forty or fifty percent. Um, and of that forty or fifty of, percent of churchgoers. I think twenty percent of those forty or fifty actually they'd listen to online services to of churches different to their regular church, as it were. So I think there are plenty of challenges of the sort of the consumer mindset uh, taking hold, and um, that having that having challenges in terms of discipleship. Mm.
0: I guess I guess one of the things that Christians are asking themselves, church leaders are asking themselves, is this whole question of evangelism and and reaching out. Yep. If if we if we feel like there's a, perhaps a slightly greater spiritual appetite in our communities than there has been, and we want to take advantage of that we in, in a right way, we want to uh, yes. reach out with the good news. And and yet people, I think feel maybe initially there was a burst of activity on that front and lots of excitement, as you've just identified. Now there's a, it's a, it's a bit of a weird time. It's like, it's neither here nor yeah. there. It's not quite locked down anymore, but it's certainly not freedom. So, yes. so in terms of, your experience, your church's experience. How are you equipping and encouraging uh, Christians to
1: continue to be evangelists at a time like this? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Um, we we want to put on courses, but courses are never the whole answer. So you know, we we are running Alpha online. And actually the my encouragement is that we keep on running that because I think often people might express friends or, or might express an interest because they see something or because they feel something during this time of where, where people are being asked all sorts of questions. And, um, and so to, to have, have alpha keeping on going. So there's something to point people to as a course, uh that is a regular thing people can go to. I think that's a good thing, but, I, but obviously it's, evangelism is more than, than that. And I think, the thing I was really helped with. One of my friends is um, Pat Allerton, who's the who was the famous portable priest going around singing, giving yeah, you know, yeah. Amazing Grace. And uh, I, I did a little interview with him for one of our online services, and uh, about all he'd been doing. And he he had this really helpful phrase. He he's, he said um he said uh, he basically said work out what is your rooftop to proclaim Jesus from. At the moment, less so now, but at the moment, back then, for him, his rooftop was going around. And um, and proclaiming Jesus through playing amazing grace, through praying the Lord's Prayer and, and giving a few sentences of, of gospel encouragement uh, to all sorts of different places. And he got amazing media coverage. But we're not all here. Um, but we do all have a rooftop to proclaim Jesus. And it may just be to one friend one colleague that maybe the people that we are in lockdown with living in our house with uh, it may be uh, it, may, it may be you know i i personally was like actually this is a good time to get back in touch with a few friends of mine who aren't christians who i haven't seen for a long while mm. and just share some things with them and send them links to things people are watching and and, and looking at things more than normal so certainly ways of sort of starting conversations going and i think it's taking advantage of those those friendships that one does have um and and the the uncertain times that we're in uh, which mean that people are asking bigger questions. Mm. I must admit, when I first saw the clips of Pat uh, out singing Amazing
0: Grace, and and it was, I mean, it was phenomenal. Uh, but I, I'm sure, I'm sure, like many other Christians, I did also think to myself. Yeah, it's all right for you, Pat. I think if I was to go and do that, it would have the opposite effect. Uh, there's nothing very <laughs> kind of appealing about my singing voice that would would draw people in. But uh, yeah. no, I think, I, I think that's the thing that you know we've we've
1: each got to work out what what is the rooftop for us, as it were. And uh, yeah, what's for what one thing is not for another person.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And yeah. um, another thing that I think uh, Christians uh,
0: leaders Christians of all all um, different backgrounds are dealing with and grappling with is just the learning to live with uncertainty um you yeah. know I think about think about myself I was due to get married uh, in June and had to postpone everything God's been so good to yes. us it, it's been relatively smooth um in terms yeah. of you know everything slotting into a new date but there'll be others yeah. who weddings have been suspended holidays have been suspended yeah. some of them seeing their parents uh, the brothers the sisters uh, nieces nephews whatever it might be I mean some of the incredible stories of parents not seeing their children, all all of that going on. And so faced as we are with this, like what pastoral practical advice uh, or thoughts and reflections from your own experience and from from others in your church, would you like to share for Christians who right now might be watching this or or listening to this and saying, I'm still feeling incredibly afraid about what the future is
1: gonna look like? Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. Um, I think the first thing is making sure people is encouraging people to talk um the 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 worst situation is when people feel haven't got an avenue to say help this is me this is my struggles these are what I'm feeling so at the very simplest it is encouraging people to talk and that's why we I mean, for us we've gone you know, I in a, in a church our size, I can't talk to everybody. Um, and so we connect groups have got to be key. And that's why we've, we've made a big push of, if you're not in a connect group, if you're more on the periphery of the church, get in a connect group, an online connect group. This is actually a time, even though you can't meet physically, it is a time that you need a connect group more than ever before. Uh, and certainly we've found that a lot of people are joining connect groups so that they have that place where it's just, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm struggling with. And for, for many of our connect groups, for many weeks actually far more than normal yes there's a bit of bible input but actually it's been about just sharing this is how i am this is what i'm struggling with let's pray for one another mm-hmm. and so uh, that's my top i mean it's simplest that is my my top encouragement for people to make sure they're not trying to go forwards alone uh, uh, and that's the big danger in, the, in a time like this i think um you know a key, for for me a a, a you know, key verse is uh, in Philippians four, uh, verse seven. You know, for the peace of God, which passes all understanding, uh, guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And that, you know, that word "guard" there—it's got that idea of um, of soldiers garrisoning, protecting, guarding. You know, the so the peace of God guards our hearts and our and our minds. So, um, I, the 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 encouragement for people is actually as. Yes, there are all there are all sorts of different things we can do talking to people. There's all sorts of um, pastoral counselling advice, all sorts of things. All those are good things and maybe very important for some people. But the most important thing that overrides it all is our relationship with the Lord. And as um, as we spend time with Him and and are in love with Him and feel passion for Him. Um, that then means that actually when other things go pear-shaped, when other things are uncertain, when other things are all crumbling, which they are at the moment, mm-hmm. actually um, we can know God's peace guarding our heart and our mind, because that's the one thing that doesn't crumble. God, you know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. And so where all things are crumbling in different ways, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And, and so we can hold on to him. Um, And so that's the encouragement, but doing it in community is key, it is key.
0: As you look um, to the future, lots of speculation about what's coming next, whether churches yeah. will be able to open. Yeah, please tell um, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, how are you going to decide if, if you're told yeah. you can have this many people in your church building? Yes, you yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all that. So as you look to the future, what what do you think are going to be some of the um, the ongoing challenges, I, I suppose? But but in terms of, I guess, as you look to the future, what, what are you thinking of as you look to July and August, September towards Christmas? Yeah. What, what's going through your mind as you plan for the rest of 2020?
1: yeah thank you um uh bottom line is i've said i've said you've got to remember and i've said this to the staff team a lot is we've got to remember yes lots has changed but lots is still the same Mm -hmm. so jesus is still the same Mm -hmm. the gospel is still the same our vision as a church we say our vision is to see every life bearing fruit for jesus that is still the same Mm -hmm. uh we have various little sort of models of how we how we want to try and Put that into into practice, and those things are still the same. So there's lots that's still the same, but yes, there are things that are different. And it's about working out with the parameters and the restrictions that we have, Mm. how can we best um, fulfil the vision that we believe God's given us? Mm. Um, We, as we've talked about things, we've gone, um, we've said there are there are different stages in our heads. It's very simple, uh, you know, that we are online only church at the moment. There will come a time when we are parallel church, that we will have a physical church service or services of some description, and we will also have an online. Service still going on because there'll be plenty of people that will not want to come to church for all sorts of different reasons. Whether it's because they're vulnerable, uh, whether it's because they're afraid, whether it's because they're lazy, whatever it might be. Um, and then, and then there'll be a uh, the third stage is the, is a new normal stage, which could be quite similar to parallel church, but hopefully, you know, we will work out. So there, there's that progression there. Uh, I, I, and as you say, there's so much unknown; it's very difficult to plan too far ahead. You know, someone gave me the analogy of it's a bit like driving at night with the headlights on you, with the headlights on, you can only see so far and you go, right, what's the best plan for that, 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 you know, those 200 meters that you can see, right. We'll drive that bit. And then when you get to that bit, then your headlights are a bit further. And it's a little bit like that, though, you're sort of having to plan a couple of weeks at a time and then see, right, let's do a rain check. Let's work out what next. And so it, it is difficult to, to, um, uh, to plan, long term with any great sort of specificity yes we know uh, whenever we're allowed in the church building there are going to be all sorts of you know restrictions and uh, social distancing things and we've got to work out that and that's 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 in a sense the easy bit but it's just strategically and practically what is the best thing for fulfilling the vision for us as a church and i think i think i mean i was reading an article the other day that was said was comparing different types of business now it's there's, there's things you can learn from business but it's dangerous as saying ch- church equals business of course it doesn't but um, saying basically the article was saying actually the church going forwards is going to be more like Amazon that is a digital thing with something of a physical presence rather than it is at the moment which is a physical thing with something of a digital presence so complete s- s- switch round I- I'm I'm not convinced by that totally is the right way to go. Um, although it may, there, there is bound, you know, there's bound to be digital is going to be a bigger thing, but I'm a little bit nervous of, yes, a church is now primarily this digital thing. And it just happens to have a bit of an online, uh, a bit of a physical presence because of the challenges to, uh, community and contribution and real, uh, relationship, you know, relationship is what life is all about relationship with God through Jesus leading to relationship with one another. And so I'm a little bit nervous about that, but I, undoubtedly there are things that we are going to have to think through that will mean radical changes. Yeah, Jago, look, we barely scratched the surface
0: of some of these sort of massive questions, but I just want to say thank you so much for sharing, yeah. taking the time to come and join us and really appreciate all that you've shared and the insights that you've got and just hope that God keeps blessing you and Holy Trinity Clapham, all that you're doing. And um, yeah, I it, it, wonder if you could just, perhaps just finish by um, sharing, it, it, you mentioned Philippians 4, uh, already those great words is there if there was one other bit of god's word one of the verse maybe or, or one other thought that has really stayed with you over these these uh these 10 weeks or so um if you could just share something on that as
1: we as we kind of finish yeah. very good question uh, the, 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 the verse that is actually most in my head at the moment is um is more i think connected to the whole situation of um uh, of racism with with George Floyd's um, death, um, and it's just a simple verse um, where Paul says in, in one Corinthians twelve, if one part suffers, um, every part suffers, and just that recognition. It's been a challenge to me. It's been a conviction to me where I've been too apathetic about uh, racial injustice, where I've been silent, and and actually just going, if one part suffers, every part suffers. There's a, there's a lady in our uh, church, uh, she's in her twenties, she's black. And she said to me, um, she said, she basically said when, when she sees the image of George, George Floyd's death, um, and as she looks at it, she sees in him, her father or brother or nephew, and she's outraged Uh, And that's her as a black person, so much so it should be exactly the same for me as a white person or anyone else in our church should feel exactly the same outrage uh, at what is happening. And it was just a really striking thing that she said to me. And and, and that was that real sense of if one part suffers, every part suffers. And um, just thinking through um, humbly, thinking through uncertainly, thinking through... Uh, knowing I've got so much to learn, so much to grow in in this area, what does it look like to be um, to be rightly angry, but anger not leading to sin at uh, racial injustice, but to be rightly courageous in one's response uh, to that, as one seeks and prays for uh, racial justice and racial harmony. Uh, one, you know, seeks for an end to discrimination, seeks for uh, for reconciliation to happen. Um, so at the moment, that's, that's the one verse that's uh, particularly um, particularly just worrying around my head. If one part suffers, every part suffers. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and Jago,
0: thanks, yeah. for, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: No, well, thank you. And thank you for all that CARE does. I'm really, really grateful for all that you guys do. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to The CARE Cast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest episodes and find out more about the work of CARE on care.org.uk
0: for what you believe.